Palm Sunday, the day when we remember when Jesus rode into Jerusalem triumphantly as their king. And I was reading through the passage of scripture that describes that happening in order to prepare for this sermon. And as I was reading through the passage, I noticed that there was a lot of titles of authority that was used for Jesus within this passage. And so as we read through it today, I want us to pay attention to these terms of authority and go through what each of them mean and how they add to the authority that is found in the Messiah and what the Messiah's authority means for all of us. So this is Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This truly was a king's welcome. And the king is one of the terms of authority that are found in here, as well as Lord in verse 3 and prophet in verse 11. And I want us to go through what each of those terms mean and the type of authority that goes along with them. So let's begin with the word Lord. Now, a Lord refers to anyone who has authority. It could be an authority that is granted by a title or by wealth or maybe just a position over someone else. But any type of authority grants a person a lordship, and they are a lord. They are someone who has authority. And in this passage, we can see that Jesus was not a lord just in title, but that he was a lord because he truly did possess authority. We see that as he sends his disciples ahead to go grab a donkey, and he tells them that if anybody tries to stop you and ask why you're doing what you're doing, why are you taking this donkey, just tell them we're taking it because the Lord needs it. And that's it. That's all the explanation he tells them to give in response to someone asking. Well, the Lord needs it. So he doesn't send them out to get the donkey and send them with money or send them with promises. He simply sends them with his authority. And obviously that authority was all that they needed as they were able to get the donkey. And the reason why that authority was enough was because people knew who Jesus was. This was at 
the end of his ministry. So he had already spent years healing people, teaching them, and his disciples would probably be recognized by people as being Jesus' disciples. So when Jesus' disciples show up to this house in order to take the donkey, and they say, we're taking it because the Lord needs it, the people knew who they were talking about. And they recognized that authority that Jesus had because they knew who Jesus was. And so Jesus' authority was something that was recognized by these people, not was demanded by them. Now, it might sound kind of like a demand to just go to somebody's house and say, I'm taking this donkey because the Lord needs it. But really, that's not a demand. It's a statement of authority. And, And how that differs from a demand is that there's no consequence given for saying no. The disciples don't show up and say, we're taking this donkey, and, and if you don't, then we're, we'll burn your house to the ground, right? Then, then it's a demand, right? You're threatening somebody. This will, you, you will do this, or else this will happen. But Jesus doesn't have to send them with a what else, because everyone knew who Jesus was and what he was doing, the ministry that he was performing among the people. So his authority on its own stood by itself and was all that was needed to be given because it was an authority that was recognized by the people around them. And that's what true authority really looks like. It doesn't come through threats. It doesn't come through titles. But it comes through a recognition of someone's character. That's where true authority is found is in the recognition of character. And that applies to all of us as well. And it's important for us to recognize that difference between an authority of a position and an authority of character. Because if we want to be authoritative in our life and in our work, then rather than demanding that authority, we need to have a character that others recognize, and the authority will come from that instead. And in the same way, when we look at others who talk about the authority that they have, we need to look at their character. And does their character reflect the authority that they are being given? And if not, then a reevaluation needs to take place. But true authority, Jesus' authority, was found in the recognition of his character. He was a Lord. He was the Lord because of the authority that he held. So then in verse 5, we see how Jesus riding in on a donkey is reflected by Zechariah's prophecy about the king of Zion riding on a donkey. And it's through this prophecy, through this passage of scripture, that it is recognized for Jesus to be a king. And a king is also someone who has authority, but a king's authority is appointed to them. A king, more often than not, doesn't just have authority. That authority is given to them. 
And that authority may be given by people, it may be given by their blood, but there is something, some essence, that grants that person their authority. Now, if we just talked about how true authority comes from the recognition of character, then how can Jesus as a king, someone who is appointed authority, how, how is he appointed that authority? Where is that authority appointed from? And that authority is appointed from the same place that all kings are supposed to receive their authority from, which is from God. You see, any kind of kingdom, any kind of kingship should be first and foremost a theocracy, which means that it has the authority of God at the very top. And then God chooses people out of everyone else, chooses them out, anoints them, appoints them to lead his people. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament of God appointing people to be king. And really, that is where any king's authority should come from. That authority is appointed by God himself. And Jesus, as God himself, was able to grant himself that authority. And if you're not, a, if you're not satisfied with an answer like that, look at the passage where Jesus was baptized. And God said, this is my son who, in whom I am well pleased. God the Father chose Jesus and appointed him as king, not only as king of Jerusalem, but as king of God's whole kingdom, which includes everything. It makes me think about that scene from The Lion King where Mufasa is talking to Simba and he says, our kingdom is everything the light touches belongs to us. And of course, any child watching that, their reaction is just like Simba, who's like, wow, you know, that's, that's such a large kingdom. Like, my mind can't even begin to fathom how great of a kingdom that is. But God's kingdom is even greater than that. God's kingdom is not just everywhere the light touches. It is all of creation. Everything that's in light and everything that's in darkness as well. Everything on earth and everything beyond earth, beyond the moon and the stars, all of creation falls under Christ's authority. It falls under Jesus' authority because Jesus was appointed by God as king of God's whole kingdom. And it's then up to us, just like the man with the donkey, it's up to us whether or not we are going to recognize that authority. And that can be difficult because if all of creation falls under God's authority, that includes us as well. Because God created us just as he created everything else. And if all of creation including ourselves, are under Christ's authority, then that means that the authority of our life does not reside in ourselves or anyone else. It resides with God. 
And that is why we are called to submit ourselves to him. God still gives us free will so that we can make that choice of whether or not we're going to recognize his authority. But as Christians, as followers of Christ, as believers, it's important that we not only accept Jesus as our Savior, but as our Lord and King as well. The one who has that authority granted by God to reign over us. And do we submit to that authority? Do we recognize the authority that he has? Because he has it irregardless of what we think. If we choose to submit to him, he still has authority over us. If we choose not to submit to him and rebel against him, he still has that authority. And the question then becomes, do we recognize it? Now, there's one more title of authority from this passage that I want to look at, and that's in verse 11, when everybody is asking, who is this who's come into town? And the crowds answer, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And a prophet was another person who had authority. And a prophet's authority is unique because a prophet is someone who shares God's authority. When you think about the prophets of the Old Testament, there were people that God chose to be his mouthpiece, to speak his truth, to say to the world what God wanted to say to the world, that the world was often too deaf, too caught up in their sin to hear. And so God selected the prophet so that through the prophet, God's words could be spoken to all people. And in doing that, when the prophet spoke, he didn't just speak his own words, he spoke God's words. And so he was not speaking them with his authority, he was speaking them with God's authority. And so when God's appointed a prophet and gave him the words to speak, he was sharing his authority with him. Now that doesn't mean that any prophet as we share in God's authority, that doesn't mean that you become God, right? There's so many other characteristics and traits of God. When you're a prophet, you don't become all-powerful and all-knowing. But God does share his authority, which again is the authority over all creation. He shares that authority with his prophets. And unlike the Old Testament, where only those selected prophets would have the Spirit of God rest upon them, after the work that Jesus did, that Spirit of God dwells within each and every believer. Which means that each and every one of us can share in that authority that comes from God as we speak his truth. As we walk in God's truth and speak his truth, we join with his authority. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. We, we are saying we're not praying of our own authority. We are praying with the authority of God our King and speaking in his name.
with his authority. And as God has called each and every one of us to be prophets now, just as Jesus received the words from God and shared them, God has given us his word and calls us to share them, to go out and do his works, just like Moses splitting the Red Sea or Peter telling the man who couldn't walk to get up and walk. It was Moses who stretched out his hand and Peter who called for the man to walk, but they were doing so and were able to do so, not through their own power, but through God's authority. And thanks to the sacrifice of Christ, that authority, that power of the Spirit, dwells within each and every one of us, and it is through Christ and His work that we can share in an authority far greater than our own. And I think sometimes we forget about how great that authority is and how it has been made available to us. So Jesus was Lord. He held authority. He had it from his perfect character. He was a king appointed by God to lead his people. And he was a prophet who spoke the truth of God, his words, with his authority. But of course, Jesus wasn't just a lord. He wasn't just a king. And he wasn't just a prophet. He was all of those things perfected and more. He was the Messiah. And one of the greatest testaments of that is found a few chapters earlier in Matthew 16, starting at verse 13, when Jesus is speaking with his disciples. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. The Messiah who had been promised to liberate the Israelite people, not just from their captors, not just from oppression, but from the curse of sin itself, and not just Israelites, but all people across the world. This was the authority that Jesus had as he, as he rode into Jerusalem. The authority of the Messiah. And that Messiah's authority was granted by God through perfect character and is shared with those who follow him. And it really does come down to that last part. Are you following him? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? 
or not. Maybe he's just your savior. Where you accepted his sacrifice as forgiveness of your sin, but you still haven't fully submitted your life to him. Maybe he's not even that yet. Maybe he's just a name that you know and you think of him as a good teacher, but you still have yet to place your faith in him. Whatever the case may be, it all comes down to that question. Will you follow him? Will you recognize him as the Savior of the world and your life, and as the Lord and King of all creation, including your life? And so as we wrap up today, I leave you with that question. Is Christ's authority recognized in your life? Do you live under the authority of Christ or under the authority of someone or something else? Is it your own life? Are you the authority that you are beholden to? Or is it God? Is it other people that you want to please and and make sure you don't make them mad or upset? Or is it Jesus? Who is the authority of your life? And is Jesus' authority recognized in your heart? This has been another Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, feel free to contact me through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And as always, I encourage you to share this with other people to help get the message out there. And if you want to support this ministry monetarily, I do have a Patreon that you can pledge a support there. But until next time, I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day, and I thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you.